Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Talking Chop Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you are having a fantastic start to your Friday, and it should be a fantastic Friday for Braves fans everywhere. The day has finally arrived that, to be honest, I can only speak for myself, but I do feel it's an educated guess and a confident one that many of Cross Braves Nation may share this feeling. This is a day that many of us didn't think was likely until around mid-August, when the Braves really caught fire with the new additions to their lineup. But the day is finally arrived. The playoffs are starting in the National League for the fourth straight year. That includes the Atlanta Braves as they get their series started with the Milwaukee Brewers. Of course, you can find the Daily Hammer, the Road to Atlanta podcast, and the Talking Chop podcast all at TalkingChop.com and at TalkingChop across all forms of social media. My name's Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. When it comes to the Braves, here's the latest from Atlanta. So obviously, we're four games into the postseason. The wild card games have been decided, and the first um, games of the American League side of the bracket have been determined. Congratulations to the Astros. Congratulations to the Rays on convincing game one victories yesterday. But when it comes to it, but, but when it when it comes to the Braves and the Brewers, before we get into the details, before we get into a theme that I think has really stood out in these first four games so far that could really be an important factor in this afternoon's ga- game for the Braves and Brewers, we do know the schedule for the remainder of this series. We know the this the Game time schedules for the entirety of this series. Obviously, today, first pitch is at 437 Eastern, 337 Central. Tomorrow, which would be Saturday, first pitch in Game 2 is going to be at 507 Eastern, 407 Central. Sunday, obviously, is a travel off day. Game 3, first pitch is actually going to be at 107 Eastern, 1207 Central. So it'll be the first game of the day. The Monday will be the second time that we'll have all four playoff games going on in the same day. The Braves and Brewers will lead it off at 107 Eastern, 1207 Central. And then for Game 4 on Tuesday, it once again will be at 507 Eastern, 407 Central, and then it, that's if necessary. And if necessary, Game 5 would be next Thursday back in Milwaukee, 507 Eastern, 407 Central. So all five games are either starting around, you know, early supper time, dinner time, whenever you may eat supper or dinner. And obviously, Game 3 on Monday would start around lunchtime. So those are the game times that is a good way to set your schedule and know what's going on. But as far as the playoff games so far, one thing that's really stood out to me, besides the Dodgers coming back against the Cardinals, and we're talking about the best team in baseball in the mind of many doing that, 
Besides that, in all three games, what has stood out is that the team that scored early, and we're talking about in the second inning, you know, the first and second inning, you know, of the games, first, second, third inning, the team that scored early not only gained control of the flow of the game, but did not relinquish it. And that is something that certainly stands out as being a very important factor in today's game between the Braves and Brewers with Corbin Burns, who arguably has been the best pitcher in baseball this year since Jacob deGrom went down with an injury, and Charlie Morton, who has been one of the better pitchers in the second half of the season for the Braves. But I really do think that whoever scores first in this game, they really, really have momentum shift in their favor to support whoever to support Morton for the Braves or Burns for Milwaukee. It's going to be a big, big boost to their overall performance. And I do think that the way things have trended over the past few months, you have to like the Braves' odds when it comes to being able to be the team that has a good chance to get, that you feel more confident will score early in the game than the Brewers. Obviously, on paper. The Braves lineup certainly stands out as being more productive. More power potential, deeper lineup, obviously more production over the past few months in terms of individual and team success. But another reason why I do think that things are trending the Braves' way for someone to feel more confident in them scoring early than the Brewers is the fact that as the Braves got their new pieces in early August, and those new pieces got acclimated with Austin Riley, Ozzie Albies, Freddie Freeman, Dansby Swanson in the lineup, as we went through August and we went into September, the Braves have certainly been trending in a very positive way when it comes to scoring early in games, while Milwaukee has been trending in a negative way since the start of September. The Braves have consistently trended to being one of the top 10 teams over the last two weeks of the season to score runs in the first three innings of games. The Brewers declined over the last two or three weeks of the season. Now, one caveat of that to remember is because of the fact that the Braves were obviously fighting for the division while the Brewers were obviously had their division locked up. So the Brewers probably weren't playing their best talents as often. However, while that certainly needs is relevant, it also is relevant that the fact that the Braves were getting better at scoring early in games was a sign that they were getting better at creating and converting scoring chances earlier in games as new additions and regular players that have been here all season got acclimated to each other in the lineup. So I have to feel for multiple reasons, not only in terms of overall and production and talent, but also with how well the Braves have been trending in scoring games early, you would have to feel more confident in them being the team that could score early tomorrow than the Brewers. And if they could do that, it really helps their chances of gaining control of the game and getting a game one victory. But of course, we, may, we, we say that when it comes to the lineups. But on paper, the Brewers have the advantage when it comes to Corbin Burns' performance this year versus Charlie Morton. However. While the overall season numbers certainly show Burns has been the better pitcher, I do think there are a couple of key st statistical trends that may favor Morton more than you think when it comes to the matchup between him and Burns early in today's game. 
Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. Without a doubt, Corbin Burns has been absolutely magnificent this year for the Brewers. As a matter of fact, you can even go back to the 2020 season. Many were looking at Burns potentially being a breakout candidate when the 2020 season occurred, and he was exactly that. I think beyond Jacob deGrom, you can easily make the argument Corbin Burns has been the best pitcher in the National League for over a year now. The uh, underlying advanced metrics also certainly suggested he has been absolutely phenomenal. But the thing about it is he's been absolutely phenomenal against everybody else than the Atlanta Braves. That's correct. Corbin Burns has been absolutely outstanding, dominant, unhittable at times, whatever you want to call it, versus every other team, well, mostly every other team, except for the Atlanta Braves. As a matter of fact, the only other team that comes close to hitting Burns like the Atlanta Braves have is the Los Angeles Dodgers. Again, the best team in the National League, at least, and likely Major League Baseball. But just how dominant or just how much success have the Braves had against Burns, it's pretty eye-opening. There was one game this year in which Corbin Burns gave up more than four runs. And that was the five runs that he gave up on July 30th against the Atlanta Braves. Now, of course, he came out with the win. Tuki Toussaint had a very bad outing, though the Braves got off to a very good lead in that game. Corbin Burns wound up winning the game. However, he gave up five runs in five innings. Clearly, his worst start of the season. Five runs in four innings, excuse me. But that doesn't even tell half of the story. He gave up five runs in four innings on July 30th. But before that outing, which was the only one Burns had versus the Braves this season, between 2018 and 2020, across two and two-thirds innings, Corbin Burns allowed nine runs in less than three innings in three separate outings against the Braves. What that equals out to in terms of a total, in terms of his three appearances before this season and his lone appearance against the Braves this year, in six and two-thirds innings against the Braves in his career, Corbin Burns has allowed 16 hits, 14 earned runs, and five home runs. So it's not like it was just a one-time thing where the Braves got lucky against Burns. Yes, you only could put so much emphasis in a sample size of six and a half innings, or, or six and two-thirds innings, but Bur- Corbin Burns has a career 18.9 ERA against the Atlanta Braves over his career. Now, I would suspect that's going to lower later on today, but if you want to look at the statistics, if you want to look at the specific matchup between the Brewers and the Braves 
Look at the success the Braves have had against Corbin Burns, and it really stands out to favor the Braves even more than some might think in this matchup. The other thing that stands out is that in terms of first inning ERA this year, Corbin Burns actually has a 3.54 earned run average in the first inning versus Charlie Morton's 1.69 earned run average. Again, very small sample size, but once again, something that favors the Braves. And another thing that also stands out for the game is that if the Braves can get to Burns early, that really could work into their favor when it comes to the bullpen for both the Brewers and the Braves. Now, I will say that on paper, the Brewers and the Braves compare pretty favorably when it comes to their bullpens. And without a doubt, the most dominant arm between either bullpen is Josh Hader for the Brewers. But a big development last week was Devin Williams, another very dominant reliever for the Brewers, who was dominant last year, has been very good this year. He unfortunately was lost for the postseason due to a broken hand. That certainly is going to make an impact on the Brewers' strategy because now you have to figure that at least in games one and two, the goal for the Brewers was to get Burns and Woodruff to hopefully go six or seven innings, and then at that point, they only have to maybe worry about one more arm before they can get to Hayter. Or if Burns and or Burns or Woodruff can go seven innings in games one and two, they then can utilize Hayter however they choose to. But the thing that stands out about if the Braves can get to Burns early is that if they do, the quality of the arms that the Braves would face if the um, Brewers have to go to their bullpen early, that also plays into the Braves' favor. Because with now without Devin Williams, you have to feel you have to feel confident that the Braves actually have some pretty good bullpen pieces when you compare the two teams' bullpens. Yes, they don't have a Josh Hader, but you also don't see in the Brewers' bullpen a Tyler Matzik or a Luke Jackson, a reliever to that level who could bridge from the starters to Hader. So that's the other ripple effect that comes from this. If the Braves can find early success against Burns, and if he were to only be able to go four or five innings, then that's multiple innings where the Braves will then be facing the weakest part of the Brewers' pitching staff. That is their middle relief. So that is how it works out for the Braves. Though they certainly are facing the best team, the best pitcher in the National League to, in today's game, when it comes to the specific matchups historically between Burns and the Braves, it favors Atlanta. When it comes to limiting runs in the first inning between Charlie Morton and Corbin Burns, it favors Atlanta. And when it comes to the early and middle parts of the game, if the Braves could score early, you have to feel stronger about their middle relief, in my opinion, than you would the Brewers. So when even though on paper the Brewers are the clear favorites in today's matchup, I do feel that when you start to get into the specifics, it starts to you start to find more ways to favor the Braves and feel confident in their ability to get a game one victory. It's going to be exciting to see. Listen, at the end of the day, it's very likely Corbin Burns can come out and be absolutely dominant, but I think it's just as likely 
that Charlie Morton could do the same. And, and when it comes to a game where you're going to have few scoring opportunities, more than likely, you really have to like the Braves' chances in at least that aspect of the game versus the Brewers. We're going to have you covered throughout the entirety of the playoffs. The Daily Hammer, the Talking Chop, the Road to Atlanta podcast. You may not necessarily get those specific versions, but myself, Brad Rowland, Scott Coleman, Eric Cole, and others will have you covered each and every game. Reactions, previews, the latest analysis on what the Braves could do to get a big NLDS victory. Find all the great podcast content at Talking Chop and also at, at TalkingChop.com and at Talking Chop across, uh, across all forms of social media, as well as all the great written content that has been out this week at Talking Chop previewing the series. My name's Sean Coleman. It's been a pleasure being with you. Go Braves! Hopefully the next time we talk to you, it'll be celebrating a big victory for Atlanta. Until then, have a great day. Have a great day enjoying the MLB playoffs and hopefully one that will include a Game 1 victory for the Braves. We'll talk to you soon here on the Daily Hammer. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G Podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you.